we look. Uh, everybody wanna go different ways. Everybody wanna have different tastes. But we always throw our food in the waste. Same style, but they look in the same. Like quick put in copy and paste. Same person, but two different places. We'll take it right there. This song has a lot of ups and downs. That is my own thing. By Walker and Royce. With Sophie Grofy. With the vocals. So you know. Just giving you a little cross preview. Because that's what's on my mind in my life. Who am I? You should know who it is. It's Stoney Munoz himself. The Masapan Don. The Bicote Boss. Mario Caballero in the place to be, and you are tuned in to the Puro Caballero Show. This is episode 61. Como te va? How are you? I am good. We are chilling. We're going to get into a lot of different topics. Today is Thursday, September the 12th. Uh, Just watched the end of that Thursday night game earlier. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, a lot of football talk, a lot of other shit going on in the world. Some baseball. We're getting into the postseason stretch, and I'm getting into it because my Oakland A's are kind of in contention, so I'm trying to pay attention, see what's what. So we'll d- dive into some topics there. Let's see. Uh, we'll have some basketball talk for sure. And, yeah, a lot of uh, some other comedy shit. But, yeah, man. Um, I didn't want to end it, start this shit off on a like a negative downer note or anything like that. But I, there's a couple things I just gotta address it off the top. Um, yeah, today's like September 12th, which means yesterday was September the 11th, and I did not hashtag forget. I never forgot. Hashtag never for, forget. Forgot. I, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Fucking tenses. Anywho, 11, 18 years later. It's been that long. I feel like I talked about this last time. I was pretty young when that happened. Like in middle school, I want to say. It's like fifth grade. Yeah, we didn't have like a real context for like what was going on. It was like so far away. Just being in California, but still being like kind of wary because you didn't know what was going to happen. Living in a coastal, coastal state. Figure they weren't going to attack necessarily where you lived, but maybe somewhere close by. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, obviously a lot of heightened tensions for a lot of different people. What it eventually happened thereafter is uh, very unfortunate on many different circumstances and accounts, and which leads to a lot of people think of a lot of conspiracies and stuff like that. And I just want to say, number one, what certainly did happen is the, the loss of life there that day and that I completely 
sympathize with the people who either uh, who had like lost a loved one there, or I, I said my can. I mean, you know, you understand how it is. Um, I'm sensitive to that, most definitely. So, don't want to, you know, downplay how important, how big of a aspect that is in the whole situation. Obviously, horrible, terrible thing that happened. The details surrounding it are just very, very, like, uh, open for question for a lot of people. There's certain things that have been put to bed and some other things that really haven't, though. It's just, like, kind of crazy how certain things kind of lined up and didn't eventually get talked about. (laughs) Um... But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, kind of crazy. One thing for sure that's like doesn't seem to add up is what ended up happening at the Pentagon. How like one whole wing of the Pentagon basically got destroyed and incinerated. And most people don't realize that, or don't always remember that that happened as well on that same day. And... It's some weird, miraculous explosion and occurrence by the physics of it, apparently, from what I've seen. Obviously, people who create content that includes conspiracy and controversial stuff like that is uh, definitely has a slant and lean uh, to like a bias towards you know where they're a perspective of where they're coming from. So they want certain stuff to be real, so they're presented in that light. So I'm like no rocket scientist or anything like that. I'm not ex- no explosion expert or nothing. But from the details that I've seen and heard, that stuff sounded very fishy to me. Apparently, the day before Donald Rumsfeld had announced that there was like they had like a couple billion dollars had gone missing or some shit like that, and it was like some like headline news. And so this very much took attention and heat off of that. Also, what happened the day before is the Saudi Arabian um, sheiks, I want to say, or like the the people who were um, up there, they definitely left the country because I think they were in New York City or somewhere on the East Coast prior to that. They were uh, allowed to leave the country, I think, either the day prior or like earlier that morning. It was something crazy. Yeah, man, and uh, where the president was in this whole situation was was uh, also like, you know, he was, uh, I want to say, in the middle of the country for some speaking engagement of some sort, and I want to say they flew them south to, like, Texas. I actually got to meet somebody who flew in one of the planes that day and was given the task to lead the, the um, like, per, be a, a sort of protection in the sky and uh, um, a guide for Air Force One, pretty much. Um, he was like, in a fighter pilot, he's a fighter fighter pilot, pretty much. I can't remember exactly which uh, 
um, model and whatnot. So, um, any hoot. He eventually said that they just got orders and weren't given any reason of any kind. Obviously, due to the tense situation, they didn't want. Your job is not to ask questions at that point. My job is to listen and hear the shit and ask questions for him. <laughs> but anyway, he was said he was given the task and they flew and they hovered over, I think, Houston or somewhere prior to going back to the East Coast before they got the clearance to go so. And yeah, it was like the timing of it seemed a little convenient to me. I don't know. It was, it was. Very interesting story for sure, for sure. And it was very, uh, very crazy for hearing the the guy tell the perspective of how he was protecting the president pretty much. He had to give everything he could and just risk his life if it came to it. <laughs> if there was a, another object in the sky that became a threat. But yeah, man, that's uh, that was crazy. Also, you can talk about Tower Seven, how there was another building that got hit as well. There was an explosion that went off over there. And there's a lot of controversy over the pyrotech, uh, like the explosions, I guess, that happened that people reported at the base of the World Trade Center as well, too. So I wasn't there. I don't know, but a lot of things are kind of crazy, and then that attack was orchestrated by, I guess, people who hijacked the plane were, I think, Saudi Arabian, if I'm not mistaken, who we still have a cool relationship to this day, so we're kind of buddy buddies with them, uh, I think Trump was over there during his first year in office, making the the victory lap with all his buddies around the around the world. And yeah, man, um, they've uh, time and time again kind of like been given like a leeway in terms of uh, being able to do some shit and flex their muscle in, in certain regards. And yeah, man, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. But then what happened is they pinned it on. Taliban, which it could have very been. I'm not gonna say it. It wasn't their involvement because they're an organization without borders, and those are the kind of the scariest, the ones that can kind of change and adapt and move into different regions, and kind of have a shared ideology, and they can that way they can kind of spread their uh, their influence that way. You know, extremists. You're gonna be extreme on one end, people will be extreme on the other. It's just, yeah. In any event, that got us into what was it? Uh, freaking Afghanistan first. Then we moved to Iraq, and then that shit was kind of crazy. Yeah. People said, cause oil. Some people say legit ass threat and shit. I don't really know. 
poppy fields, all that stuff. I don't really know. I just be reading some stuff. So yeah. It's sad that the lives are lost. If that was the case, if there's any of that all that stuff combined, if it, any of that's somewhat true, then it's just sad that a loss of life had to be done on multiple places and shit like that. But this is me talking about Ruwa shit. So, like, I don't really know. Shout out to the fucking club that I got this fucking dang from. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This last bowl fucking got me going. What the hell is this shit? It's like some... Uh, fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, any hoot. I don't even know. I can't even remember. I got two different strains, and then he put the fucking name on it, so. My memory ain't that good. I got this shit a couple weeks ago. Not, nah, a couple days ago. I'm tripping. Also, shout out to this Angel City Pilsners I picked up on sale. At the grocery store today. At Fufalus. Shout out to Fufalus. Uh, any, anyway, yeah. Hashtag never forget 9-11. FDNY. All that. First responders. Everybody. Crazy. I, w- I was went to the site. I've been there. Prior to the new building being up. There were, uh, this was like. Damn. Not too long after it, if you think about it. Oh, six. I want to say oh, six, oh, seven, somewhere around there. Probably oh, seven. So, not that much longer afterwards. But it's crazy. Just walking around that area and just seeing and knowing the history of like what happened and what was there. And uh, seeing the churches that were like, there's like a church across the street or down the street from where the World Trade Center was. And miraculously, that one was spared. So, say what you want. If it was an intervention by a higher power, or if it was partially designed government destruction. You be the judge. It could be a lot of different things outside of that, but it was pretty crazy. Yeah, seeing some of the buildings and some of the other stuff that got destroyed. They were still rebuilding there. There was still a lot that was uh, under construction, man. Including, I guess, what do they call it now? Tower 1 or something like that? I can't remember. Oh, man legs are itchy I didn't really need to share that because this is a fucking podcast and you can't see some shit but that's what I'm doing alright I think it was time to get into the real shit or I guess yesterday to pay tribute we went to an open mic and yeah they had a whole 9-11 section <laughs> they had a little contest where it was like you come up with the best 9-11 joke you get uh more time and any hoot this uh what was I saying oh yeah I went up in there and I was like man I hope I don't bomb like freaking 
they did the towers like 18 years ago tonight i was like oh shit <laughs> and uh what was crazy is like halfway through the set i was doing my thing and then a freaking fire truck just posts up and comes right outside and <laughs> somebody walks out in front and there's like they're like, yeah, somebody's dying outside apparently or some shit. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm in the middle of my set. Damn. He's <laughs> like, dying more than I am up here. I was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have been fucking joking around earlier. <laughs> and by that point, I was getting some people to, like, kind of laughing shit. It was a kind of a, a tough one. Tough little crowd, but it is what it is. It was cool, cool little spot for the mic. Just give them real my material. But yeah, man. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. It was fucking cool. Shout out to uh, Eric Estrada. I want to say. If I got the right last name. I got to look up his fucking IG. Eric... Escobar, I'm tripping. That's who I meant to say. Shout out to Eric. He is uh, the host of the show. And yeah, I ran into him on another one of the first of the month show at the homie Austin and Rich. You putting on? Ooh, that's a cool one. Um. In any event, holy shit. Holy shit. That's too much. Christina's too much. Christina P. Fuck. Why did I need to see that? That's ridiculous. Anywho. What was I saying? What was I saying? Um. Yeah, man. Let's move on to some real shit. Let's talk about what the fuck happened in the NFL. Week one started off a week ago, last Thursday, out of the boring-ass defensive-ass game. I am not going to lie. It truly was. This was the Bears versus the Packers. And, yeah, it was old-school fucking, like, brutal football. It couldn't get nothing done. I I only watched like parts parts of it, but it wasn't really worth watching for long stretches. It was kind of a struggle fest. Trubisky looked like shit for long stretches of it, but they would had like just I don't know. I don't know. Both teams kind of fucking. I don't know. Just struggle, bruh. Like, the Packers couldn't get shit going on offense. Rodgers only threw for 203 and a touch. Trubisky only for 228 on 45 attempts. That's not very good with one interception. Ooh, no touches. They didn't give the ball to Montgomery a lot. Um, Yeah, they didn't really do much, both teams. It's kind of crazy. Uh, it was a defensive struggle. 
and the Packers came out on top. It was kind of like the Bears didn't practice. They were, like, messing up out there. The only dude who kind of did semi-good for them was Allen Robinson. He kind of put in work for them. Um, on the receiving end, he had 102 yards. No touches, though. It was on seven catches. They were looking for him. Trubisky was. And, uh, yeah, not enough. Not a fuck enough. All right. Uh, let's see here. Move on. They got the L.A. Rams going into Carolina, beating the Panthers 30-27. to What was interesting about this game is Todd Gurley going into the game. Rams, the reports coming out of the Rams were saying that, like, they had no idea how good his knee was going to be, and they're just going to see how, like, just try it out and see how it went. And that's, like, the worst kind of, like, word. You're like, what? What the fuck? They've been, like, trying to hype him up and saying, like, oh, we'd be good, or would be good, he'd be good, like, as the season's starting. And now this shit's coming out, and then it's just like, yeah, big, big eyebrow raise and just, like, question marks. It's like, huh. Okay, let's see how this goes. And they ended up, you know, subbing him out at a certain point, and... It wasn't the the dude, uh, what's his name, Henderson? He was, like, apparently slotted for a lot of different people, uh, people's projection to be, like, the number two back. But he gave it to this dude, Malcolm Brown, a lot more. And that fool got two touchdowns, and Gurley didn't get any, even though Gurley still ran well uh, for the most part. Uh, mostly in the fourth quarter. He didn't run a lot in the uh, earlier in the game. It was kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, the Rams did their thing. I think they came from behind in this one, if I want to say. Let's see. It was a a close one. Uh, No, I think there was up. But, anyway, they kicked the field goal. Brown got a touchdown. Another field goal. Carolina field goal, halftime. Field goal, Rams. McCaffrey had a nice ass run. Touchdown Brown. Field goal. Another McCaffrey run. Tyler Higby pass. And Alex Armagh run Carolina. And not enough. Couldn't get the ball back. That was with 158. Anyway, nah, they held on. They did their thing. 30-27 Rams projected to be pretty fucking good. They're 1-0. Panthers, they actually played tonight. Ended up losing tonight. So now they're 0-2. Lost the Bucks. Um, we'll move on and talk about that later. But not a very good start for the Panthers right now. Not very good at the moment. Not very good. Uh, moving on. Talk about disappointing team of the, of the week, though. How about the Cleveland freaking Browns, Mr. Hype Train, Baker Mayfield, and all those men out there, no Juice and OBJ, uh, you know, best friend tag team duo, not so hot right there, 43-13, man, Baker kind of imploded a little bit at the end, it was kind of tough, uh, <laughs> Uh, he had one stretch where he went like pick, pick, um, turnover on downs, pick six in four straight possessions. I don't know about you, but that's freaking 
a game killer right there. You might be able to survive one. That's doable. You maybe could survive two if you get some other things to break. You cannot get like three or four of those in a game and still, you know, conceivably have yourself a good shot. And it was a close game early on, to be honest. 63 after first quarter. And then it was 12-6 at halftime. Tennessee, Cleveland was up in the first. Tennessee up at halftime. And Tennessee was up, what, 22 to uh, 15? Yeah, 22-15 by the end of the third. So still a close game. And then Tennessee put up three touches on him in the fourth, man. Freaking, uh, what's his face? Um, Derrick Henry, them big-ass, uh, thick-ass dreads and shit. That fool caught a fucking 75-yard screen pass. Took it to the house. House that shit. It's crazy. It was, he had, like, a fucking convoy running up the side of the field. It's like nobody... Freaking complete escort. It was it was crazy. That was uh, surprising. He had a fucking big ass day in uh, in fantasy. But yeah, man, Baker did not do the damn thing. Let's look at the final numbers right here. Marcus Mariota, the much maligned Marcus Mariota, fourteen of twenty four for two forty eight, three touches. Pretty fucking good and solid. That's about like A plus level level Mariota for you. Baker on the other side, twenty five of thirty eight. A lot more attempts. Two eighty five. Only one. Only two more. No, three yards. No, twelve. I can't. My math is shit. Anyway, one touch, three picks. Ooh, not very good. Let's see. Derrick Henry had 84 yards. Receiving 19 carries, one touchdown, and a fumble. I want to say he also had, yeah, one reception, 75 yard, and a touch. 100% first down average, 100% touchdown average. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Season's early. Well, my dude Chubb, I got him uh, 75 yards on 17 carries. Didn't get any touchdowns, but didn't get any fumbles. So it's like not the worst. Also had three catches for 10 yards. Um, yeah, kept him involved in the offense at the very least. Delaney Walker, this fool went off, though. Five catches on six targets for 55 yards on two touchdowns. One of Mariota's favorite weapons when healthy, when available. And Joker did all right. Four catches for 37 in a touch. That's not bad. That's not bad, but, like, the outcome, though, rough one. Rough one for uh, for Cleveland. And uh, I wasn't going to talk about it later, but I might as well bring it up right now, man. How about freaking uh, Odell Beckham wearing that Richard Melee watch? Uh, <laughs> it's, like, brown colors. Um, this fool, apparently the watch is almost worth, like, $200,000. Some insane amount. And he's getting fined every game he wears it because apparently you can't 
wear something that quote unquote has hard contact, which is like true and kind of and it kind of isn't because there are certain things that do have like hard contact. Like he was saying that certain uh, braces um, and casts and stuff like that are have hard and and they do. And like the ones for your knees, sometimes the ones for your wrists, if you have like a really messed up hand or something like that. Sometimes, sometimes. But, uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. He's going to get that thing busted. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see if he can get that shit off before then. But. Not flashy enough. You didn't get a chance to go dance in the uh, in the end zone, so we'll see what happens. Whew. Let me see here. Let's go to the next one. Another early game, Casey at the Jags in South Florida or in Florida. That's no, not South Florida. Central Florida. Central Florida. Jacksonville. I don't know. Uh never being. It's uh forty to twenty six. Kansas City, not really surprising. What was surprising was kind of what happened in the middle of the, like how they got there. Because the Jags were in it kind of early. Nick Foles throws a touchdown pass down the right side in the first quarter. The right sideline over to DJ Chalk. Goes up over the DB. Makes a nice play. Makes a nice highlight. I get to see it on red zone. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, let's let's do this, Jacksonville. But then, uh, freaking uh, on that same play, turns out Nick Foles breaks his clavicle. Horrific injury. That's a rough one, man. Took a tough shot and uh, had to leave the game. Might be done for the season. Like, holy shit. So... That throw cut it 10 to 7, but like, fuck. The other thing that happened, Sammy Watkins went off. He had himself a great game. But a bigger note is Tyreek Hill. He had to leave the game as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he twisted his ankle as well, too. He was looking gimpy for parts of it at the end. Uh... Let me see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, full uh Tyree Kill, man, they went to uh take him to the hospital for something. Like they had like he was apparently getting some like uh regular heartbeat or some shit like that. I don't know, I don't fucking remember. It was something crazy. So um <sighs> Fuck. Miles Jack got ejected. Let's see. I'm trying to see what the uh what's his name's injury? Tyree Kill's injury. Ba 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 Mahomes had three seventy eight three touches. He was just doing his thing. Should have had four, like honestly. He was trying to look off this uh middle linebacker. He kind of threw. He tried to throw a no look, and he just uh, airmailed it over Kelsey's head. And I was like, so thankful. I was like, gives him, give him a chance. And uh, anyway, for the Jaguars, in came Gardner Minshew, number one. Uh, that's like a, a dope ass quarterback name. Number two, 
he's a white boy with long ass black hair and uh big old mustache too so he's just like freaking cartoon character out there playing qb which I'm, I'm definitely down for and number three he didn't look too bad to be honest with you he looked pretty calm there in the pocket out there slinging the ball he's just like i'm out here doing it and just like uh gave his team a chance to be honest with you he didn't, didn't do too bad they started a little conservative gave him a little bit more to do and he just responded fairly well so i don't think it'd be the worst replacement in the short term we'll see and uh, against uh, more experienced defenses we'll see when he puts more more stuff on film where he's weak at where teams will start exposing him maybe they start blitzing him more who knows mixing up coverages Play man versus zone or vice versa. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. Gardner Minshew. G Minshew. Shout out to that fool. Uh, yeah, Sammy had 198 and three touches. Fucking crazy. 68-yard touchdown, third play of the year. 49 touchdown late in the first quarter. It's crazy. Just doing it. Ah, man. Uh, Damian Williams had a, had a touchdown, but LaShawn McCoy actually ran more. He had 10 carries, 81 yards. That's an 8.1 average. And he was looking pretty, pretty frisky there. I didn't know if he had anything left in the tank, but man. Apparently he does. Kind of crazy. Oh, my 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 uh, uh, correction. It is Gardner Minshew the second. Uh, I'll do respect to Gardner Minshew the first. Um, he went 22-25, 275, two touchdowns and an interception. Not too bad, but, you know, Kansas City has, you know, they're playing from ahead. They're, they're, they're playing, you know, don't get beat defense. I guess they got beat a little bit there, so. Ooh. But uh, anywho, Mahomes, 25-33, as I said. 378, three touches. He's crazy. He's really crazy. Um, Yeah, anything else to say? Not really from this game. Kansas City, they're playing Oakland next. We'll see how that goes. The two games on the road to start the year, they'll be in the town. We'll move on to the next one. Baltimore putting a thumping on the Dolphins. You thought the Kansas City and the Tennessee Titans put up some offense. 59 points to 10 against uh, the Miami Dolphins that are, you know, in a in a mutiny right now, man. They're trying to jump off the ship. The players are yelling to the agents, get me out of town. Get me out of here. This is boo-boo. Complete garbage. It was bad. Fifty-nine to ten. That's a rough one, man. Oof, 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 oof. You know who looked really good in that one? Freaking Lamar. Jackson. Freaking crazy. Let's look at all these numbers. Let's look at the top passing. Lamar, three hundred twenty-four yards, seventeen of twenty. Not even that many attempts. Five TDs. That's 158.3 rating, son. Uh, Fitzpatrick, 14 of 29 for 185. One touch, one pick. It's not in it. Never really in it. Uh, Let's see. Mark Ingram had 14 for 107. And two touches. 
and this, the the breakout star of the game, I would say, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, four of five from one forty-seven, and two touchdowns. That is a ridiculous. Welcome to the NFL stat line right there, if I do say so myself. Holy shit. Goddamn. That's pretty crazy. Uh, Yeah. Is anybody worth mentioning on the Dolphins? I don't really fucking know. To be very honest. Dude, Robert Griffin III. He came in and was 6 for 6 for 55 yards and a touchdown. To be honest, I want to say he had the better quarterback rating, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> this Dolphins team is just not good. Not good this season. Man. They're tanking for Tua. I'm uh, assuming. They need somebody. Somebody needs to give them, give them some life there. It is pretty crazy. Oof, 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 oof. Rosen threw a pick. Oh, he only had three attempts. Threw a pick. Man. Like, like, what's the point? Oof. I'm looking at these rush attempts. Not very good. Kenyon Drake, 4 for 12. Kalen Balaj, 5 for negative 1. Average of negative 0.2. You're going backwards. Oof. Devontae Parker. He had one good catch. Three receptions for 75. He had a 49-yarder. That was crazy. That's crazy. Damn, that's crazy. That shit is crazy. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Nobody else is worth even mentioning. It's like... I want to get off this page. That is just like a rough one. But I was very happy I have Lamar Jackson, one of my fantasy teams. And... Ooh, led me to victory. I'm like, thank you. I picked two... Very fun quarterbacks to watch play. And I'm very happy when I see Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson out there doing. Especially because Lamar didn't even need to run in this game. He didn't do shit running. And put up numbers, son. Oof. That's going to be a good one. Let's look at Baltimore. Yeah, Lamar had three rushes for six yards. That's it. Robert Griffin had more. He had four attempts for nine yards. So, yeah. Tis what it is. I think Lamar had one called back, though. That was like a 10-yarder. Would have been first down. Still had a throat. Oof. Oh, man. We'll move on to the next game. The Vikings. Over the Falcons, 28-12. to 12. And from what I was watching, it looked like Vikings were just putting it on them. Uh, let's see. Thielen, 23-yard pass in the first. And then Dalvin got a 19-yard run. Second quarter, Kirk Cousins snuck one in from a yard. Um, third quarter, Dalvin, another 7-yard run. And by that point, it's like, poof. I think they scored all their points. And then it's just like, got garbage time in the fourth. Calvin Ridley with nine minutes and 19 seconds gets one. And then Julio gets one with a minute left. And it's like not enough time. And that's all she wrote pretty much. 
Uh, I want to say they missed the PAT. And then uh, failed the two-point. Let's see. Oh, it failed two two-points is what it was. I don't know why they went for two two-points. If they were down 28. They're trying to get to 25 points. No. 21 is three touchdowns. What are they doing? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to do the math in my head as to, like, why they did that, but I don't know if I wasn't paying attention. I didn't even talk about it on uh, Red Zone. They just kind of made it, like, a a done deal that once they got those four touchdowns, that it was over. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to get four touches in in, uh, one quarter for one team. That's uh, You got to get some turnovers. Pretty much. Stuff has to be like handed to you a little bit. You got to take every advantage of everything. Granted. Let's see these rush numbers for Dalvin. 21 uh, carries 111 yards. And two touchdowns. Not too shabby. Let's see. Thielen had a touchdown. Three catches for 43. Uh, Diggs had... 37 yards. Dalvin had nine. BB nine. Let's see. Other. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, da, da, da. So funny. Like, I'm reading this app for the scores, and it tells me the weather forecast and everything that happened that day. 57 degrees and cloudy. They're playing inside. <laughs> it's like, why is that relevant? It is if you're playing in other places, Mario. It's like, that's very true. Uh, and, yeah, why not? Rather have more information than not. Ooh, let's see this one. We got the Bills and the Jets. It ended up being the uh, Buffalo Bills. It's nobody circles the wagon. Buffalo Bills. Um, they came down to East Rutherford, New Jersey, and stomped out the New York Jets. Come from behind effort, 17-16. Pretty miraculous. Josh Allen kind of being part of the reason they were down in the first and then being a very much a part of it as, as to why they came back. In the second half, like they were down six nothing after the first quarter and over halftime. C.J. Mosley ran a uh, a pick six back, so the Jets' offense wasn't doing the most, to be honest with you. Then they got a safety, and they got the ball back. Le'Veon Bell, nine yard pass from Sam Darnold. It was like an outstretch ask fucking uh, pass. Kind of crazy. That shit was crazy. It was crazy. And then Hashka had a field goal before the third, so it was uh, what, sixteen to three at that point? To three? You third to three? 
And then the fourth quarter happened. Had Josh Allen had a touchdown on a run. And then with three minutes left, Josh Allen throwing a deep ass pass, 38 yards down the left sideline. Threw it about like 35 yards in the air, 30 yards in the air. Full John Brown turns around the corner on a crazy good, like, like half step, like stutter step move, and the ball was super underthrown for the route that this fool had to like stop and turn around to get it, and he adjusted his route, got under the ball, put his hands there, and by that point the freaking DB had like turned around, like tried to change his <laughs> momentum and was like already like playing him on the run and like couldn't stop on the dime like that and was just getting broke off real hard <laughs> and brown catches it turns up field and uh yeah houses it and it'll be the winning score they made the pat and that's all she wrote it's pretty damn crazy that was a exciting game kind of out of nowhere and could have been a pretty good decider in terms of who is coming in a second in the NFC East because we all know who's coming in first. It's kind of a joke, man. It's pretty crazy. I'm just, like, so loaded right now for this shit. Oh, man. Rambling, scrambling, bambling from family. Oh, let's see. Devin Singletary only got four carries with 70 yards. That's freaking crazy. Average, very, very high. Le'Veon, 17 carries, 70, 60 yards. Uh, and he had that reception for the touchdown. Let me see. What's your stats? And he hurt his shoulder. I think he had an MRI. I think the MRI was clean. But he's still injured. Let's see. Yeah, six receptions, 32 yards, and a touch. Pretty decent. And John Brown, seven catches on 10 targets, 123 yards, and a touchdown. It's a very good stat line right there. For John Smokey Brown, I believe is his nickname. Uh, Jameson Crowder, 99 yards on 14 receptions. A lot of short passes. A lot of short passes. And what was the quarterback looking like? Darnold, 28 for 41. 175 yards and a touchdown. Not the best. That's a lot of attempts, man. For not that many yards. Gotta get that completion percentage up. Josh Allen, same shit. 24 for 37 for 254. One touchdown, two picks. So, yeah, those two picks were costly early. And was putting the Jets in, like, the the best scoring positions, man. So, Allen was up and down in that game. Not sure what to think about him for the long term. We'll just have to see. Talk it up to, I don't know. Maybe that Jets defense is better than we think. And later in the season, we're like, damn, he really did improve. We'll see. Here's another game that was kind of perplexing. The Philadelphia Eagles beating the Redskins 32-27. to However, how they got there was pretty... Uh, yeah, I guess up and down. If you're looking at who who the favorite is, definitely the Eagles. Redskins starting Case Keenum. Eagles got a healthy Wentz. 
They got a bunch of weapons on offense. Sean Jackson back in the fold is a deep threat. Still got Alshon. Still got Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz at tight end. It's like, you know, you'd think they'd be bringing it, but Philly uh, started very slow, and in the second half eventually came on. But Washington, they were up 10-0. Vernon Davis took a 48-yard pass from Case Keenum man, and just, like, turned it up, jumped over a dude, broke a couple tackles, and was just off, like, old-school, like, vintage Vernon Davis. It was kind of crazy. And that's just going to say that shit because I'm just loaded right now. <laughs> Every time I should slap myself in the face, I keep saying that shit is crazy. But it was. I think that was the play of the week. That Vernon Davis touchdown. Second quarter came to uh, Terry McLaurin. 69 yard pass from Keith Keeman, man. Already up 17 nothing. And I was starting Philly's defense in one league, and that shit was pissing me off. They fucked me up. Didn't give me a chance. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a 51-yarder from Wentz before halftime. Uh, Four minutes left. And then Washington put up another field goal, too. So by by halftime, it's, what, 20-7? to That's still a very very sizable chunk. But eventually in the third quarter, we got Alshon. He gets a touchdown pass from the Eagles. Uh, that's, and then, uh, boom, another bomb, Deshaun Jackson, 53 yards, took the top off the defense, it's like, welcome back to Philly, fly, go fly, and then we get to the fourth quarter, it's right before, right after the third, pretty much, Alshon Jeffrey in the red zone gets a two-yard run. And then they would convert a two-pointer. Jake Elliott hits a field goal with three minutes left. And Washington, I think, might have backside covered because they threw a touchdown pass with six seconds to cut it from to 32-27. This is going to be 32-20. And I was upset because they didn't need to throw that touchdown pass. Fucked me up in fantasy. That shit was fucking me up. Eagles defense didn't do nothing, man. Didn't do nothing. Sproles had a big game, though. Nine carries, 47 yards. That's 5.2 average. It's pretty good. Let's see. Who else played good? What's pretty good? Let's see. Uh, uh, uh. Who else? Terry McLaurin. Call him Scary Terry. Picked him up in uh, one of my leagues. Little key sleeper. He had 125 yards on five catches and a touchdown. I'll take it. Sean Jackson, though, he blew the top off the defense, and I don't think anybody I played uh, in, in any of the leagues started him. Eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. That is like exceeding expectations by a long ass stretch. Huh. Twenty-two first downs, fifteen for Washington. Oh no, I don't. Why am I? Why am I doing this? Getting into the nitty gritty shit. The Eagles got weapons, man. Ertz needs to stay upright. That's the big indicator. 
they didn't run the ball very well. The Eagles, they're playing catch-up mode a lot of it, though. They were just going points, points, points. Give me the points. Okay, moving to the next game. Chargers and the Colts. This one in Los Angeles, but could have been a Colts home game. Because that's kind of how freaking L.A. Chargers home fan base is kind of like out here. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's a little pitiful, though. New team, new city. Not in your, you know, future home stadium. And how that's going to look, the one they're going to be sharing with the Rams. But the team, the team's got talent, though. As much as I dislike them because the AFC West rivals, it's like, I'll give it to them. Team is talented. The dude who went off in this game, Austin Eckler, three touchdowns. The Chargers ended up taking this in overtime, 30-24. to 24. Big kudos to the Colts, though. They played well, resilient. I think Jacoby Brissett didn't do too bad in relief of uh, Andrew Luck prior since his retirement. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Yeah, Eckler had a passing touchdown in the first. Second quarter, T.Y. had a touchdown from Jacoby. Keenan Allen from the Chargers, then a field goal. Third quarter, oh, dude, Anna Vinatieri missed a field goal and missed a PAT in this game. I think might have missed two field goals. It was like, damn, what is going on? You got the yips. Austin Eckler, 55-yard pass from Phillip Rivers. See, Marlon Mack had a run, 63-yard run. Um, and then the fourth quarter, T.Y. had another touchdown. And they, uh, they converted a two-point descent at overtime. That was pretty pretty riveting stuff, making that drive happen. Let's look at the drive chart. Uh, how do we do this? Key play. Malik Hooker returned for 26 yards. Test tackled by Austin Eckler. Uh, <laughs> I was on the punt. Eckler's on fucking punt team. Damn, he's just putting up numbers too. It's crazy. That shit crazy. Uh, looks like some solid runs. Penalty: sixteen plays, forty-one rush yards, thirty-nine pass yards, eight-minute drive. They did the damn thing. Scored with thirty-eight seconds, and. Chargers got the ball first. Eckler just got to rush up the middle. And that's, that was all she wrote. Let's look at the numbers from the QBs. 21-27 is Brissett for 190. Not a lot of yards. Two touchdowns. This is a Colts, uh, Colts, Colts team that has, still has weapons, I'd say. But the Chargers, the Bolts, the Colts versus the Bolts, the Bolts on the side of that shit, they... Uh, their defense ain't bad. They still got Bosa and Ingram. Good pass rush. So, I, I didn't see... I don't remember too too much of that shit, but anyway. It was just like offensive explosion in this game. So, it's 25-34. is Phillip Rivers for 333. Three touchdowns and one interception. He's probably going to do that next game and just be personification of Satan. Boom, boom, boom. 
Make it six six six. Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's childish. Uh, more childish than the Gambito. Uh, Eckler, Eckler did the damn thing. This fool fucking blew up. And I think I was playing the homie Mark, and he had him on the bench. Didn't even play him. Didn't even play him. Yeah, he had six catches for 96 yards. And then he had 50 yards, 58 yards rushing, one touchdown. Let's see. T.Y. had a game. He had two touches, 87 yards on eight catches. Keenan Allen had eight catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. It's annoying. Chargers are just fucking annoying. All right, moving on. We got Seattle versus Cincinnati. This is one that kind of that went back and forth as well, man. Cincinnati, I thought there, I thought they were gonna do it. I thought they had it. Let's see, they were up three nothing after one. Chris Carson, dude, I got a fantasy, freaking dope. Uh, he got a one yard touchdown in the second, and then. On a crazy long throw attempt from uh, Andy Dalton. Oh no, that was that was later. He had a couple long touchdowns. This one's a 33 yarder that he had to John Ross the third. Another dude I picked up in a league in one of my two leagues. Then Chris Carson got a 10 yard pass. Uh, 52 uh, seconds left, and you're like, oh shit. Seattle's going to be chilling going into halftime. They'd be up uh, 14 to 10. Bengals get the ball. It's like they, they move it down a little bit. And then 55 yards out. Andy Dalton throws a strike over the top to John Ross. I think the last DB mistimed it. He jumped outstretch and he jumped way too early. And Ross gets it and runs into the to the end zone with seven seconds left. That was freaking telling. That was pretty crazy. Third quarter, no scoring. Fourth quarter, we get Tyler Lockett pass from Russell Wilson. Randy Bullock hits a field goal to take cut it to one with seven minutes left. That's all she wrote. Bengals couldn't do nothing. It was uh, Jadavion Clowney who was wrecking havoc later in the game. And they were able to hold on 21 to 20. That Lockett touchdown pass was like the only thing that fool did all day, I swear. That was it, pretty much. One catch, 44 yards, touchdown. That's it. Carson, 15 carries, 46 yards, touchdown. And a fumble. And another thing that was a note, Joe Mixon. Injured, I want to say his toe. So, Gio Bernard got a, a hefty portion of the carries as a result. 7 to 21. No touchdowns, no fumbles. And yeah, man. Oh, shit. Where was that? Where's the scores? Match up. Uh. All right, let's keep it moving. Battery's dying on my shit. 
But it is what it is. Let's see. The Lions and the Cardinals. This shit ended in a motherfucking tie. First tie of the season. If you had that prop bet where there's going to be a tie at any point in the season. And then it's like you freaking scored, cashed in for this week. This was one where the Lions are going to look back and be very pissed at themselves that they didn't close this one out. The Cardinals were looking boo-boo. The air raid offense was grounded pretty hard. And Kyler Murray just was uh, kind of shaking up. Looking like he was a little small in the pocket. Got a couple passes batted down. Wasn't the best start for the dude. Couldn't do very much. Wasn't very running very much. And then things just kind of got got going later in the second half. Lions were up seventeen to three after halftime. Let's see, seventeen to six after three. And then they did score a touch, but Arizona put up eighteen points in the fourth. Both teams kicked field goals. And that was it. Pretty much. Because they kicked them on their first two possessions. And yeah. I think that's about it. So even going to the Steets. Let's see. Ba 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 ba. I mean Murray threw fifty four times. Twenty nine of 54 for 308 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Touchdowns came late. He was looking not so great at the beginning. Matt Stafford, 27 attempts, four, or 27 completions on 45 attempts, 385, and three touchdowns. Now, that's some shit that you can't be the mad at the quarterback for. They didn't run the ball particularly well. Carrion Johnson had 16 carries for 49 yards. No touches. And David Johnson, he got involved in the game on a number of different uh, ways. But he had 18 carries for 82 yards in uh, on the ground for the run game. Had 55 yards catching and a touchdown in the pass game. So... Trying to be creative, use their weapons as many ways as they can. And where the hell is the... Uh... Boom, Larry Fitzgerald. Eight catches, 13 targets for 113. That's a vintage performance. He had a nice one. He had a real long catch. Let's see. What's this long? What's this long? Oh, and I could show it. What the fuck? Stupid. Oh, it's 45. It was a 45-yarder. That's what that shit was. Looked like Kyler had been playing with them for a few years. Not just a few months. So they're very happy to get that tie. I'd say Cliff Kingsbury would be on the hot seat. The bubble, a lot of people think he filled up and got that job. So, 
Is the air raid gonna work? Will the sky fall? Who knows? Gotta tune in. Then we got the freaking Cowboys and the Giants. This one's kinda was boring. 35-17. I think Prescott kinda killed him. I mean it was seven at seven 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 at the uh after the first quarter. Then Dallas scores two touchdowns to go up twenty one seven. Then they go up uh what is it? Thirty five to uh ten after the third quarter. And then Cow uh Giants score another touchdown to make it seventeen to thirty five. And they took full advantage. Of the guys that got back, including Jason Wynn, and including Zeke Elliott, back from Mexico. Probably has a nice tan. Been out on the beach, chilling, not doing much. Comes back in and kind of reacclimates himself. 13 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Nothing too crazy quite yet. Let's see. Receiving yards. Uh, uh, uh. Had one catch for 10 yards. All right, nothing super crazy. But yeah, Dak did his shit. Let's see if I can get through all these games before one. I start nodding off because I got to fucking do this shit in two parts. I'm probably going to wrap the rest of the shit up later. And two before the battery on my fucking recorder be dying. All right, we got the Buccaneers and the Niners. This was a sloppy-ass game. Both quarterbacks looked kind of fucking boo-boo. I ain't going to lie. I am not going to lie to you about that. America and the world. Garoppolo looked like he needed work. And Jameis did, too. But the Buccaneers are now 1-1 because they won tonight. And didn't really get a chance to look at the re- uh, a lot of the, the highlights. Just watched little bits and pieces of it. So can't really talk about tonight's game too much. But from what I saw of their game last weekend, it was like good old crab legs over there. It's just freaking maybe on the struggle bus a little bit. Mm. There were, I want to say, like three or four touchdowns that got called back due to penalties in this game. Two to George Kittle. Freaking cool. Let's see. Uh, Niners scored three. Boom, 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 boom. Had a touchdown interception return by uh, Vernon Hargraves off of <laughs> freaking Jimmy GQ, Jimmy Garoppolo. Robbie Gould hit a field goal. Then we had Richie James Jr. with 39 yard catch. Alright. Long ass delay. I am now joining you on Monday, September the 16th. This weekend's football games has already happened. That was week two. But we'll finish up talking about week one and then I'll get back to you on Thursday. With my thoughts on what the fuck just happened in week two. A lot of craziness. I'll just say that. I mean, it's NFL. It's just it's par for the course. Really, when you think about it. Nothing too crazy. 
Now, where were we? Where, where, where the fuck were we? What were we talking about? I think it's just like the the pr- the prime time games, pretty much. We had Patriots and Steelers opening up Sunday Night Football, and what a shocker! Patriots are fucking good again. Holy shit! Thirty-three to three. Gronk got to do one last spike in front of the home crowd, I guess, unless he decides to end that retirement and rejoin the team but we'll get i'll talk into this in a second but the craziness is like they didn't even have all their weapons available the patriots and they're gonna get better as the year gets going i'm just fucking ridiculous and i god damn it's so annoying just want that organization just struggle a little bit man it's crazy Mm, mm-mm. And like on defense, this might be one of the better defensive teams they've ever had. That's really saying something. This team's fucking won what, six Super Bowls. Mm. Pittsburgh looked clueless. Moncrief dropping passes everywhere. Juju not getting enough open looks. Like, oof, problems. Problems for Pittsburgh. We'll talk more about them on Thursday. Move on to the night game. It's very exciting. Two games, back-to-back. Start with the Saints and Texans in Nolens. It was a wild one. Oh, my goodness. Sean Watson running for his life, still putting up numbers. Back and forth they went down the stretch. Saints ended up pulling it out, but, man, that last minute was freaking exciting as hell, man. Up and down, back and forth. Deshaun Watson getting a touchdown on, like, two plays. Mm. Drew Brees leading the team right back. Get that long field goal. Put it away. Get the first dub of the season. That's a tough one for the Texans, man. I mean, they had like Laramie Tunsil still trying to figure out what the hell the playbook is. What all the the plays are. Everybody else's the rest of his teammates. Pretty damn boo-boo on the offensive line. Watson just running for his life. Every game, man. Every game is what you see. Dude is going to have a short career if they don't figure that out. A la freaking Andrew Luck, man. That dude was running for his life his whole career, too. Mm. Hell of a talent, man. That dude you put up numbers for my fantasy team. And then the night game, obviously. Coming off the crazy bullshit with the aforementioned. Antonio Brown. Raiders get the victory 24-16 in week one against the Broncos. It's very nice getting one against the Donkeys. Joe Flacco is very much Joe Flacco still. You can put an X on the field like where you expect he he would be on like a five-step drop, seven-step drop, three-step drop. He's not going to be anywhere else besides that. He's not mobile whatsoever. Still made a few good throws. Sad to see Abrams go out. Dislocated his shoulder. Had to get surgery. Out for the season now. One of the three number one draft picks. The Raiders chose this offseason. Man, that was so disappointing. He was just smacking fools left and right. Getting his shoulder on everybody. 
What's crazy is he hurt himself in the first quarter, and apparently he told the rest of the team, said, fuck it, I'm just going to hit him with my other shoulder, and then proceeded to completely do that for three more quarters. That dude's going to be a menace, man. I hope he can have a healthy career, comes back next season. It's like with the shoulder injuries, it's the once you injure it, you make yourself more susceptible to re-injuring it. So he's got to be careful. Get healthy and be straight, man, for next season. One and done, man. One game and you're over. And what's crazy is, like, another dude he, he hurt kind of on, like, uh, friendly fire play, Gary on Conley, he... Uh, he uh, he got injured on a play, and they took all the precautions, put him on a stretcher. But eventually, he was okay, cleared to play. Actually, played this last weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, but damn, it just goes to show you, you just you just don't really know with these NFL players, man, because they got it out. They do everything they can to stay on the field, and sometimes after the game, they figure out it's uh, something more serious than they thought or uh, sometimes it looks a lot worse than it actually is or you have an assumption of what uh, an injury might be these fools uh, are some warriors man they're freaking brutal ass game brutal ass game uh, Raiders played well though Waller Jacobs got looks kind of like I expected coming into it Ty Williams had some nice catches being the num- number one receiver because fucking pussy ass. Uh, Antonio Brown didn't want to fucking stick around, man. And that was some complete bullshit. Got played like a fiddle, man. Played like a fiddle. And that shit's just so disappointing. Doesn't put anybody into any good light. It just makes me all kinds of upset. Considering he went to fucking New England, too. It just, like, pissed me off. What a fucking clown. What a clown. Obviously, with a dude like that on the roster, you just try to give... They give him every freaking excuse possible. And he still fucking didn't want to fucking be there. Stupid. It's so dumb. It's dumb. And, like, the timeline of shit is just ridiculous. I don't know when the whole change of pace, a change of play eventually happened. I don't know if this was, like, decided as being a possibility from the get-go with Drew Rosenhaus being the goddamn agent and all that stuff. But, man, I think I'll finish talking about the game and get back to AB, man. Fuck AB, man. Fuck. Fuck that shit. I'll say, yeah, the offense played well game one. The tackles held up considerably well against uh, Brandon Chubb and Von Miller of the Broncos. As the Von Miller was at Coachella this year. Ain't hating. Um, who the fuck else? Defensively, they had some, uh, they still need to do better to get pressure. But they got enough. Farrell got his first career sack. That was cool to see. The linebackers a lot more uh, rangier than in the years past. 
Vontez knows what he's doing, calling the plays on defense, which is good to see. Whitehead had some good plays, had some he missed, but at least he's active in the area. I'd rather see a missed tackle than some dude completely gone. At least he's got a shot at it, you know what I'm saying? So We'll see how the, the secondary does now losing Abrams because that's gonna be that was supposed to be an anchor for them, but that just means they gotta step it up with the pass rush. They gotta get more pressure on the quarterback and they gotta freaking, you know, get to it, man. And yeah. We'll talk about their week two performance at a later date. Alright, back to this shit. So here's the timeline of events that I have I put together that I have written out here. I think the shit really started blowing up when Antonio Brown got into it with Mike Mayock, the freaking GM, called him a cracker, and bitched him out and apparently had to get held back by Vontez Perfect. All the jokes everybody was saying is like, man, if you got if Vontez Perfect is like the peacemaker in this situation, you know shit's fucked up. And all I got to say is, I 100% agree. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Not a good look. And, of course, at this point, you're just trying to say, get him to week one, we'll figure it out. Get him to week one, we'll figure it out. And that was my goal 100% of the way. This fool just did not want to be there, man. And off some bullshit, too. So then eventually he comes back, apologizes in front of the whole team, stands there with all the freaking the other the, the, uh, captains on the team, gets them to back him up, and apparently the shit had been settled enough where they're like, all right, fuck it, we're moving on. Because this is just some, like, sideshow shit at this point. Later that evening, not even the next day, this fool records a call with the head coach. Coach Gruden's on the line talking to him about wanting to play and what the fuck's going on. They record it. They cut up some like promotional material stuff. They put it out on YouTube. And that's like a legit... You know, um, punishable offense. That shit's supposed to be illegal to record a conversation and post it public without both people's consent, at least in the state of California, technically, if they really wanted to do that. Because apparently they didn't reach out to Gruden until after the video was posted. He said he thought it looked cool, but that technically isn't giving consent, saying it's okay to use it to be. 100% like on the up and up however I don't know if he's gonna really don't give a shit about that at this point now that it's kinda over and done with and we saw someone kinda look like an idiot out of those two people and it wasn't Gruden to say the least um so yeah recorded the call posted the video up overnight immediately gets fined by Mike Mayock there's language in the contract that says if he gets fined or has anything contract uh, anything conduct detrimental to the team deemed that that he could have his guarantees voided, which is immediately what happened. 
AB goes on Twitter, gets all pissed off, and starts talking shit and says, release me if you're going to, if you're not going to give me a guarantee. Because I don't want to be playing week to week on this paycheck shit. And so they're like, all right, bet. Fuck it. So they release him on like Saturday morning, I want to say, or like. Yeah, Saturday morning. By like a little bit after 4 o'clock. Yeah, East Coast time, maybe like 1 o'clock. Over here, he freaking signs with the Patriots and then just uh, finally ended up playing the second week. But goddamn, some bullshit, man. I can't believe he ended up there. It's like the rich get richer. It's like fucking ridiculous, man. I'm so pissed. And of course, the Patriots uh, weren't going to be able to get him from the Steelers because the Steelers are freaking, you know, heated rivals with them. So they weren't going to help out a, a team that they're directly competing with. So they sent him to Oakland, thinking he could just be chilling out there in the West Coast. But nope, that shit didn't work out. But shit gets even crazier, right? So a few days after he gets signed with the Patriots, right? Not even before his first practice. I want to say that Monday. There's now rape allegations that come against him against for uh, a former trainer. Now, apparently this was in, in the talks and discussions for some time now. This person between him and uh, her parties. His and her parties. But this news gets released immediately after. The details of which are pretty fucking salacious. I don't know if you've seen or read this. Apparently there was three incidents that she mentioned as being inappropriate. I think it was like with a, a reported training session. Because she was like a trainer. I think also went to school at Central Michigan. Where he went to school I want to say. And so, I believe he kissed her on the neck the first time. She didn't like that shit or whatever. I don't know. And then, apparently, he went, he got, like, butt naked in front of her another time. And she didn't like that shit. I don't know. And then, apparently, on a third occasion, she was, like, watching some video on an iPad or some shit. And he apparently netted on her back, which is like even crazier, which is like, what the fuck? And he, there's some texts of his that came out <laughs> that he sent to her, which are pretty kind of out there. I don't know. The grammar wasn't the best. It kind of was spelt like how he talks, kind of. I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but if you read the text, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's 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 him. That's him for sure. Or you could see it, but I kind of got the gist that he was kind of threatening her slash, like, uh, challenging her to do something. Like, you won't. Like, we know you, you you don't have it in you. 
in you know without repeating what this fool said it was pretty uh pretty damn salacious man so that whole situation came out now this is a a civil trial not a criminal trial so she's looking for for uh for some money in this instance not no time and punishment a lot of people have kind of given that kind of aspect of it a little bit of a pause where it's like huh like what's going on here some people say that's more it gives it more chance that it's a not legitimate allegation some other people don't see it that way so or just don't think it affects it one way or the other that an allegation is serious regardless it needs to be investigated so the NFL since there's no criminal organization or criminal element I guess criminal investigation then that means there's no other kind of like investigation ongoing currently at the moment for like you know fact gathering and stuff so the NFL is kind of like on their own in that matter and they're meeting with the accuser this week to determine what's going to happen because they don't have him on an exempt list or anything quite yet you know like if there's uh criminal charges against a person they'll put a player on an exempt list and they won't allow them to play in the meantime so that hasn't happened with AB right now at the moment we'll see if it changes if they talk to her or, or if more details come out or other other allegations or other shit so who knows what the hell's gonna happen but yeah man ab's acting like a fuckhead right now man this shit's kind of continuation and yeah you make a lot of excuses and you you kind of let people slide as long as they're you know, producing on your team and shit like that is kind of fucked up. But, yeah. It makes me feel horrible for kind of wanting to see that dude at least succeed at a certain point in Silver and Black. But that shit never happened. So, what a clown, man. Antonio Clown. That shit's horrible. I cannot believe it ended up like that. Alright, let's move on. I can just commiserate and just say the same shit 20 million times, but I ain't going to do that. All right. Odell Beckham Jr. got fined for wearing, I have it as a $350,000 Richard Mille watch, but I think I saw another one where it was like $190-something thousand dollar Richard Mille watch, which is about almost half the price, which is still overly ridiculous. Um, for a normal purpose person's budget, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's like the biggest flex of all time, though. <laughs> Rock, rocking the watch. I think he wore it again tonight, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, this will got fined for it because it's uh, apparently illegal uh, to be wearing watches like that. I think you could wear like I know other people in the past have worn. Like the softest ones, not like uh, 
Oh, the soft wristband ones, I should say. Like the Velcro strap kind, I guess. I don't know. He was saying a lot of people wear like metal stuff all over their uh, braces and, you know, there's other hard materials and stuff. And there are some like wrist braces. I've seen some knee braces. So, but that that's just some flashy shit. You know what he was doing. The colorway matching the browns and all that stuff. He knew what he was doing. All right, let's go to baseball right here. This happened a little while back, but last trip for the Dodger or for the Giants at Dodger Stadium of the season also meant the last time Bruce Bochy would be facing off against a rival. Rival for both teams because he was with the Padres for a long time. Moved on over up the coast to San Francisco, won some rings, did some damage, did some nice stuff there for the G-Man. And he got a nice sending off, man. He had a, um, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Vince Scully. He had Vince Scully have a, his uh, narration do a, a tribute video to him. They gave him a jersey and everything. It's kind of crazy. They had a whole bochi segment, like for two heated rivals. That's kind of it's like odd. It's like odd putting, off putting kind of. It felt kind of cool. It felt like they kind of won because there's nothing they could do but say like "What's up?" I mean, the dude made every right decision possible on like three straight postseason attempts, and his team came through time after time after time. I still can't believe they were actually able to pull all that stuff off, man. It was pretty damn inspiring when it happened. I was so amped. That that was those playoff runs were were crazy because it was all pitching and just like eking out the offense. That's you know they were just able to pull it out somewhere out of nowhere out of their seventh place hitter. A guy who was on IR or the DL for most of the season. You know, rookies. Cast off veterans. Guys they traded for at the trade deadline. Just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, those whole rosters from like opening day all the way to like the last game of the World Series those years they won were just completely flipped around. And one of the men making those decisions was uh, was, was Big Head Bochy, man. So this is last season. Let's see if he can get, I think, about 500. I know that was in contention, but either way, if he doesn't go above 500, he may be the first manager to be in the Hall of Fame with that record, with that winning percentage. Like a 490 something, 497, 498 winning percentage. Maybe 499 even. So hats off to Big Head Bochi. Did his thing. Got his teams where they needed to go. Always had a, you know, pretty consistent rotation for the most part during his runs. And we'll keep it up with the MLB news. Uh, this was a cool story. This uh, the two Mor- Moran brothers ended up facing off. Uh, the older brother was making his major league debut on the mound for the Marlins. The younger one, I want to say, played with the. 
plays with the Pirates. So is their regular third baseman. I think this and last year. But that's pretty damn crazy. The parents were in the stands. It's the first time ever that a brother has faced another brother. Brother in the batting in the batting's box faced a brother on the mound. I'm sure that's a very proud parents uh pair of parents they got there. I don't know what what can I fucking add to this shit? I don't fucking know. That shit was kinda cool. If I ever faced my little brother, I'd be a real testament because we're nine years apart. That would have been spanning two two generations there. It would have been like the Gasols or something. But nah, it was not meant to be. Not meant to be. Alright, let's see what else we're moving on. Oh yeah, there was a documented home run spike that has happened this season in AAA baseball. Now this is after that league decided, or that level of baseball, decided to switch manufacturers from MLB baseballs that were made in Costa Rica versus some older ones that were made in China, which are still using AA and single A. Now, the last couple seasons, there's been an uptick in some home runs. Justin Verlander has been one of the prime guys that has said that the balls have been juiced. So, is this some more evidence that says maybe MLB's trying to get more home runs back in the game? I don't know. Are the doctors who've been prescribing all the, you know, regimen of uh, uh, drugs to take to enhance performance, have they improved their game so that they're not getting caught? I don't know. But it seems kind of likely. Maybe a combination of the both. Because, um, yeah, I think the the cheaters are always, like, one step ahead of the testers we've always found. And there's always going to be people who are willing to push stuff as far as they can until they get caught. Now, mm, yeah, we'll see what the ramifications, I guess, of that findings are going to be if they make any changes one way or the other. That's kind of you know, off-putting if you have to know that maybe if you're hitting 20 home runs in AA, that's not going to translate over to AAA or vice, or vice versa. Or maybe if you're hitting 12 home runs, you'll get to 20 or 18 or get to 22 something, you know. A few more go out. There's definitely been an uptick in homers in, in the majors. I'll say at least the last two years. Man, nothing could compare to the steroid era. I was just going to say this up front. Like, I miss that. That shit was so fun. That shit was crazy. It was video game baseball. And if, why not? That was a good time. It was a good time because uh, fuck you up too in the NFL too. Good time for the entertainment aspect of it. Now... You want to have all the players relegated to going through all that stuff. People not taking the right dosages, fucking their kidneys up and stuff. Messing up their libido systems and all that. You know, understandable. 
putting themselves on the line for football, all that. Understandable. But in terms of the entertainment aspect, oh, I will take that like early 2000s era. Woo. Over damn anything, man. That was so fun. Fun times. All right. Let's move on to one more baseball story. We saw the Red Sox firing their general manager, Dave Dombrowski, less than one year after winning the goddamn World Series. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to me, isn't that the point of playing the game? Isn't that what Herm Edward was telling everybody? Huh? Come on. You remember? Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play. You play to win the game. You play to win it all. That's what his team did. Can you fault the man that they didn't do it two out of uh, two years in a row? And that they're just going up against a buzzsaw Yankees team? And some other solid teams that are, you know, in the wild card? You know, with the very top-heavy pitching rotation? Can you blame them if, like, a couple guys have some injured injured seasons that they're going to have a freaking drop-off? It's like, I don't think so. Now people say they'll maybe blame... Blame him for putting so much money into the certain pitchers that they chose. Maybe selling out the farm system. I understand that. But ultimately, that's one of the assets you have. And they pulled the trigger and they got a W. And they needed to make all the moves they did to to get that World Series last season. It took pretty much everything for them to get it. Tough-ass series with the Astros and another one with the Dodgers. Some good ass teams, man. That's what you got to do. At a certain point, I mean, it's it's hard to have your cake and eat it too. To do that both at the same time, it's very hard to pull that off. I'm gonna say that. So I think it's kind of crazy they just fired Dombrowski like that. Well, I guess that's Boston for you. So, I guess that's that's kind of what he's known for, though. It's kind of. Invest in a few dudes and just uh, selling the farm a little bit, I guess, to prove the, the big league club. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It, they were looking like they were going to make some changes anyway. Maybe he was hesitant to some of the changes that the team ownership and the brass were thinking and considering. And maybe that was the reason why. I haven't really read too much into it one way or the other. But talking to the resident Red Sox fan, Alan, seems like, yeah, just the, the fan base was, was upset with price contract, sale, not producing as much. Um, what else? A couple other things, too. Any event. Let's go to some fight game. Big fucking news. The bad, baddest motherfucker belt will be on the line. Diaz versus Masvidal at UFC 244 in New York City on 
November the 2nd. That's going to be a very good fight day. A very, very good fight day. We'll get into the second part of that momentarily. But man, two action fighters ready to beat the shit out of somebody. Coming off of impressive victories in their last outings. Two Latinos going to be talking shit. One from the East Coast, one from the West Coast. I mean, what more can you ask for, man? Got one dude from Stockton, the other dude from Miami. And it's just going to go down. It's going to go down. I'm telling you. It's going to go down. It's going to be a five-round fight, too. Ooh-wee. I don't know if it's going to go that long. I don't know if either dude wants it to go that long. Ooh, boy. That's going to be a tough one for either dude. Because they're just going to be staring down at another guy that's just not going to give in. And it's just going to go down literally swinging. I am very much intrigued. That's going to be amazing. November the 2nd. Saturday. Remember that day. Because also fighting will be Saul. Canelo Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev for the light heavyweight title in Las Vegas. Now that's going to be a good fight because Canelo is moving up two weight classes to come up and face Kovalev. The crusher who's regained that belt after losing it to Andre Ward and then losing the subsequent rematch that they had as well. Oof, for the light heavyweight belt, that would be some some legacy cementing shift right there for Canelo. Fighting up and down weight classes, just winning belts along the way and just putting people down. Slowly but steadily, just moving up, moving up, getting better, getting better. He, he's just a consummate professional. Just the way you see him every single time out, he's got another, another little piece to his arsenal. Gets a little better. Performs a little bit, you know, more impressive, I want to say. That'll be a big challenge, though, for him. Kovalev has still got some some uh, some pep to his step, man. He had a couple prefer- uh, real, real nice outings recently to get back up there in contention and winning the belt again. You know, this was in, uh, in talks for a minute. And we'll see. We'll see if Canelo can make up that weight difference. Because, let me see. Hold on. Light heavyweight in boxing is... 165 to, to 178. Yeah. That's his, uh, that's Kovalev. Let me see. So, yeah, he weighs, uh, he's got a title of 160. So, he's going to be fighting a dude maybe 20 pounds heavier. But, we all know, Canelo, he he comes into the, the fights maybe closer to 170. Oof. Two weight divisions, that might be a lot. Might be a lot. Uh, uh, uh. 
we'll see how that goes because they might be trying to fix a third triple g fight not sure how it's gonna work yeah, besides that, I would like to see him fight Billy Joe Saunders. That would be an entertaining fight. Billy Joe looks like he's a pretty damn tough one. He's that super middleweight. Rocky Fielding is good, too. Most, either, either of those guys. Pretty entertaining. Coming from across the pond. Let me see here. Rocky and Billy Joe. Let me see who we got here. Yeah, super middleweight. That's where they're standing at. At the current... Let's see. Super middleweight. Yeah, 164. So, Canelo, I think, is at 160. These... I don't know. These belts out in the boxing world, they're kind of crazy. Kind of up and down, moving around. It's like they have them for a second, they don't have them for some bullshit. It's like, anywho, that'll be a good fight, though. That'll be a good one. That's also on November the 2nd. So, since we're keeping it in the boxing world, we'll review what the fuck I just saw this Saturday, which was insane on my television. Tyson Fury, Fury was fighting this dude, Otto Wallin, uh, this Polish guy. And, man, that was a pretty entertaining fight. Fury got his eye busted up, his right eye, by Wallin. And it wasn't a head, but it was a clean shot. And he was leaking from, like, the second inning on all the way through the end of the fight. This dude came out with a Mexican flag-colored uh, shorts and a... Uh, with a uh, galan and a freaking, som- uh, freaking uh, sombrero on. By midway through the fight, the, the white parts of the short were, like, turning blood red. Like, they were just freaking maroon colored. This fool was leaking the whole time. It's crazy. But he outpointed him, won the fight, and I think that was deserved. Waleen, man, showed his medal, though. He was, uh, he was coming at him. Oh, man. I was watching a baseball game, but they took the stream down. That shit's not cool. Alright. Alright, I think I found a backup stream. That's the power of editing right there. Just took that time, shrunk it to nothing. What's up? What were we talking about? Oh yeah. Tyson Fury, man, he's in the, the discussion for baddest heavyweight of all time. Or at least at least currently. Maybe not of all time yet. Still gotta prove his metal a little bit more against some of these uh, top flight heavyweights at the moment. But He's in the discussion right now for top. For sure is. He for sure is. And that Wallin performance, man, I mean, he was giving it to him at times. But didn't have, like, the super hard uh, power behind a lot of his shots to kind of get him out of there. The, like, knockout power that uh, Wilder has, even Joshua. And I'd say... Even Ruiz have more pop. He he more he has more technical knockouts. Like he pieces people together that way. They don't have an answer. So he fights more technical. And Waleen was just 
kind of being aggressive with the it was taking taking some damage and just kept you know kept bringing it to him I think Fury was uh working the body a lot more early and then was was headhunting a little bit a little bit out of it ordinary at the end but uh still was winning rounds no doubt was still winning rounds most of them well, Ian landed a few good shots in there. So he wasn't as uh, heralded as a, as a guy, I'd say. So we'll see where... Um, or how Fury ends up doing in his next fight, because he'll be fighting Wilder. And we need Deontay to win against Luis Ortiz in their rematch. That Cuban boogie, man, that dude is no pushover, man. That first matchup against those two was, was a slugfest, man, by the middle of it. Oh, God. Oof. It got like Rocky S. It was crazy. That shit crazy. That's the fucking slogan for this podcast, but now nah, I got to change something else. All right, move on. Let's move on to the world soccer. Uh, some international break news. The Mexican team beat the U.S. three to nothing, and not too big of a surprise. It was kind of embarrassing for Team USA. And then Team Mexico, the next outing gets routed four to nothing against Argentina. So yeah, everything in perspective, I guess. <laughs> so vis a vis, U.S. is very far away from competing for a World Cup. Um. And that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're at with that. All right. I saw this story that here. There's this Iranian Iranian woman. Her name is Sahar Kodehari. She called herself the blue girl. She was known as a blue girl. Apparently died because she set herself on fire after being arrested for attending a soccer match. Because women in Iran are banned from ten- attending soccer matches. So this was in protest of all that kind of crazy if you think about it oof horrible situation for her i've seen videos of people trying to sneak in some women sneaking into these iranian soccer matches and they have full-on like fake beards and everything that's a crazy social situation i can't even like imagine and put myself in that in that uh in those shoes, man. Everyone walking on eggshells just because it's just authorities gonna just put the hammer down. Just for the heck of it. And you just kinda at the whim of uh what they can do. I don't even know what I'm saying, man. That shit—that was a crazy story. I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Um, all right, another Debbie Downer. Not quite as bad. Not a loss of life, but a loss of games. Yeah, that's a hard one to fucking come back from. Once you're talking about <laughs> fucking, oh man, misogynistic um, hatred. I guess I don't know. All right. Ooh, basketball, World Cup basketball finally concluded. 
just yesterday. Very disappointing end of things for Team USA, which if you've heard me talk about it in past shows, it's very it's gonna be a very tough one in terms of how they're gonna be able to win and go all the way. Which I still think they could have possibly done, but they lost to France and was effectively, I guess, the quarterfinal. And Rudy Gobert, Nando DiColo, and the rest, they really held it down and brought it to them. Gobert was controlling the paint from all the highlights that I was seeing. And really balled out there. That meant no medal, though, for Team USA. No medal whatsoever. They eventually finished seventh. And then Serbia, they also got upset by Argentina in the same round. But then Serbia beats Team USA. And yeah, that was uh, to push them down to seventh. Whew. And then Argentina, they faced off against Spain. Los Españoles. Los Canaros. Team Spain ended up taking it. So Marcus All got a world championship with the Raptors. And then got uh, NBA championship with the Raptors. And then I got a World Cup, basketball World Cup, with Team Spain in the same year. I think they say he's the first person to ever do that who's not a part of Team USA. Because there's been a couple other guys who've won won rings and have won some uh, international medals or uh, tournaments. Either the Olympics or now they call it the Basketball World Cup. They used to be called the, the World Championships. Made that shit confusing. So, basketball World Cup now. It's the first year of the rebranding. And, uh, yeah, Team Spain ended up winning it. Ricky Rubio. Did Rubio even play? I don't even know. Um, Hernan Gomez played. Maybe both of them. I don't know. Definitely one of them. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice to be able to watch them. Games were coming on like super early in the mornings because of the, the time zone difference from China. It was kind of intense. Ooh. All right, what else we got? NBA bands and ninja style headbands. Oh, I thought that was kind of whack. I kind of liked how those looked last year. That Nike was kind of rolling out, and they didn't want to ban it midway through the season, so they ban him now. All right, moving on. Let's see. NBA Kings found no basis for the allegations that came against Luke Walton that we covered on past shows. So that is their conclusion. I don't think that is ultimately, it might not be the end of his legal woes in dealing with this. Um, whichever one the best. That's yeah, a tough one. Uh, another... Off the court NBA news, Rojan Kuruks of the Nets, I believe from the Turkish team, is accused of assaulting his ex-girlfriend not too long ago. And 
Yeah. That was, let me see what else. It was uh, not good. The details were not good. Mm -mm -mm. Alright, so... Yeah, here's the information. So apparently he had choked her, slapped her, bit her lip, tossed her on the bed, hurt her ribs. Um, yeah, so he got granted protective order, released him without bail. Apparently he might want also to... Oh, he might get some... Uh, immigration issues because he's like on a visa and yeah he might not be able to play for the Nets that might be something that usually doesn't come to that but who knows it very well could be considering this current administration's hatred for immigrants really making everything a little bit harder for people um. Yeah, he's in a world of trouble right now. We'll see how that ends up uh, shaking out for him. All right, we'll move on. Let's see. Last thing, I want, a few more things, I guess. Joe Kim Noah ended up proposing to his uh, girlfriend, Victoria's Secret angel Lice Ribeiro, but he proposed to her at Burning Man. That is like the most Joe Kim Noah shit I've ever heard. Like, of course it'd be Bernie, man. Like, where else would you see? <laughs> you know, free, free spirit is so like that. We'll be wandering around. Probably on Beskalin or whatever the fuck. Yeah, he's a wild bird. Yeah, we'll see if he plays in the league. He didn't do too bad last season. Has a little bit of tread left on those tires. Still can't get up off the ground, but... Yeah. Still moving around a little bit, I guess. All right, last uh, basketball story. You got LeBron supporting a new bill in the state of California that would allow student-athletes to receive compensation. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, compensation off of their likeness. So they could sign autographs. They could... Uh, Come on, commercials, things of that nature. Just make a little extra money. Just makes sense. Got to give them some kind of leeways to get some revenue. And this is something that's not hurting or taking money directly from the school itself. Schools will argue because they want to use their likenesses as well, too. That now this creates some loopholes. But maybe it's like a... Uh, Recruiting boom. Maybe it's like one of the uh, the things that the California schools can kind of like say to the, the recruits. Like, hey, man, you get a chance to get a little cash off of your likeness if you're good. If you can ball out, be come over here. Come out west. Come sign with Death Row. Don't have the producers all in the video. Managers all in the video. Oh, man. Dude, I'm watching the A's game. They got a full on mariachi man out there. It's crazy. Oh, man. They took the lead, though, in the A's. That's what's up. Five to four. Chris Davis, big single. Got to close it down. This A's team is 
looking to try to make that run to the playoffs. So right now they're in the number one spot in the wild card. Stroh's a little too much this season, but, man, they still got a chance. That'd be dope. I think they have like three more series left after this one. Playing the Royals right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So LeBron was saying he supported the bill. He was on Twitter. I saw a little bit of it. The bill ended up passing, so it allows for an, an endorsements for these athletes. It will go into effect in late 2023. The NCAA was obviously very pissed when they found out about that. And, yeah. We'll see if they do anything about it. I don't know how. what the fuck they're going to do. They ain't got no freaking leeway on their end. They could say all these teams you can't play in the postseason, but, I mean, are they really going to go that far? Are they going to amend the rules completely? Are they going to, say, make it a state-by-state decision? Who knows? Will they play the slow game? I'll probably say, yeah, do it one by one. Have y'all figure that shit out. All right. Let's see here. There was this other story. 300-plus former Ohio State athletes accused former team doctor Richard Strauss of sexual abuse from 79 to 97. Damn, man. That's a long-ass time. 79 to 97. The digits got flipped around on your bitch ass. Oof. In the Midwest. What is going on? In the Big Ten, man. Got all these fucking gropers. And abusers. And they got their medical uh, staffs, pretty much. Mm. Mm Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Ohio State. The Ohio State. Maybe that's why they're getting freaking uh, uh, beat by Michigan every season during that time. Oh, jeez. Oh. Mm. Mm Mm-mm-mm. Get fucked in the ass by two different people. Oh, that's insensitive, Mario. Why would you say that? Because he doesn't mean it. That's why. Put it on wax. Wow. Awesome. That is, yeah, that was very horrific news. And you feel for all the people that got abused. But damn, man, that's a long time. It's a long ass time. All right, what else did I want to talk about? in the world of the world pretty much we're just gonna just start going through this we talked about kevin hart's crash a little bit he had comments about little nas x on the shop some people thought it was gaslighting i don't know it seemed like more just drunk kevin hart maybe it came off that way for certain people you're never gonna please everybody he knows that he doesn't care and in terms of that stuff he's just worried about what he's doing and yeah that's kind of true because uh, you just kind of got to keep pushing pushing along. You're never going to please everybody all the time. You'd be lucky to please some people some of the time. So he's one of the lucky ones. He just gets to work and he's do all that. But, you know, we'll see if he'll be able to work now after the surgery with the uh, following the car crash. Apparently he had real back, real bad back problems. It was a retrofitted Barracuda. I think it was a resto mod, if I wasn't uh, mistaken. 
I heard that there might not have been seatbelts in the back, and there was three, reportedly three people riding in that car. So that's just like some reckless stuff. And there was some controversy as to who was might have been driving the car. I think the girlfriend for one of the driver, one of the rider, his, his three people, him, a friend, and that friend's girlfriend. And yeah, I want to say. She was driving, and they were riding. But regardless, there's somebody riding without a seatbelt. Never, never how you want to do that. And this fool fell off an embankment, and yeah, man, got himself into a wreck. Man, I've heard a couple freaking comedians make some embankment jokes. I'm like, oh, oh, relevant, relevant material. All right, let's see what else we got. Dave Chappelle drops that new Sticks and Stones specials. A lot of social justice warriors was very pissed off. Also, Bill Burst dropped his Paper Tiger special, which I finished up, fell asleep, trying to watch this thing, I think, two or three different times. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I got to watch it again anyway. Yeah, a lot of people are kind of getting all pissed off. Dave Chappelle has this LGBTQ, LGBT-like joke during the whole thing. Q, and he it's a long extended one. He's got a whole bit about uh, Jesse Smollett, which I found hilarious. <laughs> I found the whole thing pretty damn good. Um, yeah, he had, he had a couple other ones that were pretty, pretty damn funny. That's what he does, though. He's, he he just goes and touches up upon whatever the. Oh no, fuck! This A's bullpen gave up another goddamn home run. Jesus Christ! Come on, fucking Hendricks! Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, in the ninth too. All right. You get two more goddamn outs, so they can just fucking have to win it again. And then, oh my God. Mm, frustrating. This is what the A's are going to blow up. They ain't got no bullpen. Ten this, uh, the rest of the season. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> they could go to the playoffs with this bullpen, man. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. It is shaky at best. It is. Oh. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, man. Yeah, I thought Chappelle did fucking good, and I thought Burr so far I did was, was good as well. Oh, fuck. Come on, Loriano. Off your glove. Serious? And there goes a double. Jesus Christ. Oh, close it out. Come on. Um, I guess they can't close it out at this point. Now they got to fucking score another one. Yeah, Chappelle, he did his shit, man. I mean, it's a legend. He's always going to be talking on all those touchy subjects. He's going to go up to the line and he's going to he's going to make you laugh because of that. That's that's his that's his that's his thing. That's what he does. He makes some observations and he makes some funny and he's just talking he talks his shit. It's pretty it's pretty good. So yeah, I think uh 
Some people are just. It is what it is. I can't. It's not my job to tell people who they should or should not be upset about. Motherfucker! God damn, give up another hit. This is going to be another run. Ah. This is stupid. Jesus. You play hard all the fucking game, and then this is what, what happens. Giving it up in the ninth. Mmm. Mmm. God damn it. That's a tough one. Now they gotta come back a run. Down 6 5. Ugh. I don't even know what I was saying about this shit. Go watch it. Go give Netflix more of your money. Uh, speaking of uh, Netflix, uh, Eddie Murphy saying he's making a comeback. He signed a fat deal with them. He's doing the new Dolomite movie with them. Apparently Coming to America 2 is going to be coming out. He's going to be hosting SNL. And then coming back to comedy. I think he's got to deal with Netflix on a special. <sighs> Ooh, Ooh yeah, that's the most anticipated comeback since I don't even know. Maybe until the Popeye's chicken sandwich comes on back. I don't fucking know, man. That shit is good-ass news for comedy fans. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm amped. I'm gonna have to see what he's got. I want to see coming to America too. I want to see how they do with that. If it's like him and his son come back. I don't know what the plot line is or nothing. Nothing. No nothing. Yes. Be on the lookout for that. Alright. Couple world news stuff. China passes more tariffs on $75 billion worth of U.S. goods. Because it's always good to be in a trade war with China. China. So that's going to hurt U.S. consumers and Chinese consumers. It's going to hurt everybody all around. Oh, no. Get under it. That's two outs. Finally. Jeez. All the way to the warning track and a runner on third now. <sighs> this dude Hendrix, man. This dude Hendrix. He put it on the goddamn ground. Everything missing up. Everything missing up. In the zone. Mm. I really don't want to give you play by play commentary, but this fucking collapses like Necessitating it is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, all right. So yeah, they move them tariffs there. Oh yeah, Johnson Johnson is going to pay five hundred twenty-seven million dollars for the role in the opioid crisis in Oklahoma. Um, I think they ruled that they didn't give proper guidance and precaution to the people who were uh, prescribed those opioids. Oh my god. Oof. Barely got that pissed by pitch by. Um so yeah, five hundred twenty seven million dollars. It's gonna open up more legal ramifications for the company. I think they're already having to fight a couple other battles in some other states. And yeah, it's finally we're starting to see some of the I guess big heads, the big players in terms of how people got these pills and how it was pushed and marketed to all these people. Seeing some of them start to 
kind of get punished for some of the worth. Obviously, the damage is done. No dollar amount could ever change that and fix completely what's happened. There's too many losses of lives and lives damaged and ruined because of it. But at least it's a, it's a small victory. All right, pop up in the infield. Somebody get the ball. Thank you. Oof. Catcher got it. Good shit. All right. They're going to need another leadoff homer from Simeon and freaking Loriano or maybe Chapman or somebody. I don't know. Uh, ace. Frustrating ace. If they do go far in the playoffs, it's going to be a freaking... Um, every game is going to be so intense. Up and down, up and down. Are they going to blow it? Are they going to not blow it? Every game, every game. But yeah, like as as I was saying, now some of these players are starting to get a little bit punished. Another follow-up story, Purdue Pharma is going to declare bankruptcy and pay $5.4 billion for damage after 20-plus states ended up suing them. This is a company that's owned by the Sackler family, which I think over the years has divested a lot of interest from and controlling power from the company away from them to kind of control their, their profits and what they have, their their personal assets. So now there's some question as to whether that family will have to pay because they were in charge when everything was getting ramped up and kind of the, the, the plans were put in motion, the seeds were kind of pushed forward. And it's kind of what was pushed and given to the uh, to the world, really. So that'll be an interesting um, story to follow. Because this opioid crisis is no joke in this country. It is the real deal. Nothing to be fucked with. Nothing to be fucked with. Alright. Moving on. Man arrested for selling the Mac Miller fentanyl-laced counterfeit oxycodone pills that led to his death. Let me unravel some of that for you. So the... um, What was his name? Mr. McCormick... Uh, Mac Miller. What was his real name? Uh, Malcolm James McCormick. That's right. Uh, yeah. So he died tragically last year, 2018. We covered it on the show. Ended up coming out to find that it was fentanyl in his system. So he had purchased some um, oxy pills prior. If I want to remember correctly, he was fiending for them at the time. He asked two people to go get get some for him. This person got some. I don't know if he knew it was fentanyl laced with it, but I think there was also fentanyl laced in some other drugs that he got from the same drop. And then the other drugs that he got were just legit, more legit, I guess. It's sad. It just goes to show you the fentanyl, you need the littlest amount to kill you. It is like one of the most dangerous drugs I've ever read and have studied about. Car fentanyl is even on like that on steroids. It's it's even crazier. 
Mm. And it's just it's sad. Sad to hear, man. Mm. Yeah, and the the oxys, man. That's the some more opioids right there, man. Yeah, man. So those oxys, they they really they really hold it uh hold people back, man. It's a it's a tough addiction to kick. I mean, I've taken them before for surgeries, and it's like one of the reasons why they're in a lot of people's systems is because they are prescribed for, you know, on occasion for those reasons. And uh, it's a lot of people in sports, they have that in their system. That's what uh, Skaggs had in his system when he was, uh, they found him passed away. Uh, him with the Angels, pitcher, passed. Mm, that was a tough one. So people got to know. They just have to know that there's there's chances of doing that, and you just uh, you dabble in some some tougher drugs, man. Stuff that's not designed to be in you. You know, I got my own biases one way or the other on certain things, but it's it's, it's kind of what I think, man. Sometimes it's the short term relief is a long term pain, and that's that's what happens. It's a sad reality. It's one we got to live with. All right, let's move on. Uh, Two more things. Uh, We saw first death via lung disease from vaping in the U.S. That has been confirmed. Um, Let's see. Jewel is being sued in court for targeting minors. At least 215 cases of pulmonary illnesses, illnesses have been reported. So... People are dying, getting sick, and now people might pay. They might not pay for the damage that they've done. I do not know. That's uh, kind of a story that I kind of... It's not too surprising considering considering the, um, the vaping craze and everything that's happened in the last five to ten years. People assuming it's a lot more healthier for you, even though it's got tons of nicotine and who knows what in those uh, those e-juices, those little concoctions. That shit really blew up, though, the last 10 years. It's been a tobacco industry's kind of way to, to get backdoor entrance into this newer, younger generation of users. Hmm. Yeah, and it's gotten more people hooked. And they've been able to keep moving the products, be peddling. And new companies come up, and those get bought out. And you think it's it's one thing, but it's not completely that. I guess I don't know. I don't know. So you just gotta be careful with what you're doing. I've seen some pictures and some videos of the the lungs afterwards, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Little black dots everywhere. It's like, oof. Mm-mm, a lot of discoloration. Mm. A lot of nastiness. Oof. 
Yeah, gotta be careful what you put in your in your body. I wonder how mindless look. Honestly. Ain't they're not doing too bad. Get through <laughs> regular workouts. All the jazz. All that noise. Damn man. Runner on. Chapman up. Be exciting. Mm-mm. What are they replaying? I don't know. Alright. Yeah, be careful about the the dangers of uh, e-vapes. E6. All the buzz. Keep smoking dabs, though. <laughs> Honestly, I wonder how, how that's affected people. That's another level of uh, getting high. I don't know. I don't know how your uh, your lung health is affected over the years. All right, last story. Let's end on a downer. Because why not? Uh, I saw the story of these parents got arrested for malnourishing their child, forced him on a vegan diet, and he would uh, and they would punish him. I think by not letting him eat. That is just sick and cruel, man. I understand. You got to do it from time to time, but man. To the fact that they got to arrest your ass and tell your ass to stop doing it. That's the only way to stop. It's a pretty tough one. Mm. Damn. Chapman just missed on two pitches in a row. 2-2 two, two now. Bottom nine, runner on. Come on, dude. Uh, just get a base hit. Just please get a base hit. Man, this podcast has been... It's been one. Let's just put it that way. I don't i don't know what else to really say on the matter. Final thoughts? Fuck AB. God damn it, he struck out. Jesus. All right, two outs now. I might just stay with you this last at-bat. This is too much. Ian Kennedy on the mound for the Royals. Mm. That's a lot to take in right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm so invested in this one game. It is only one game. Oh, man. Uh, I guess I might as well talk my other shit, too. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go to the Raider game coming up against the Bengals. That has been confirmed. Shout out to my cousin Fidel. He's got season tickets. And, yeah, I'm going to be going, going back home for that weekend. And then I think, uh, what's the next one? E, baby, Thanksgiving, I want to say. All right, Pinder, just continue the. Continue the rally, please. Ah, motherfuck. Now he's down 0-2. This is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough loss. Yeah, sorry for the delay on this podcast. Things got really, really tight over the weekend. Saturday was busy, and then I was watching the fight. Sunday was Sunday football. 
Friday, Thursday night, the the recorder died, and then Friday, uh, was doing comedy, and I had to go to the gym, so yeah, I had to do those things, ooh, no, we didn't go, one and two count, sure, anyway, yeah, I'm going to the Raider game, this Wednesday, if you're in Pasadena, Come by the uh, Old Town Pub. The Old uh, Townie Pub. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, nice. Missed on two pitches in a row. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, it's uh, the Old uh, T-O-W-N-E Pub in Pasadena. I'll be performing. And I want to say around 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock is when it, it opens. I think I start around 8.30. So, yeah. Be there. Or be square. Because they thought they stayed sharp. Oh, no. A's lost. Damn. That sucks, man. I want to talk about how nice it's going to be for them to win and all that stuff. But mm, next show. Next show. Oh, yeah, also going to the A's game. They're going to be playing the Angels. They'll be in town. That'll be on Wednesday on the 25th. So, ooh, uh, about nine days from now. Nine days from now. That's when uh, we'll be over there. will be watching it with my little brother, who's now at Cal State Fullerton. So that's a local, local little one there. Not too far. Not too far at all. Anything I want to talk about? Um, no, I'm just going to be doing more more shows. Oh, Crossed is definitely coming up. I want to give you guys a lowdown on that stuff. I'm getting excited. I got a lot of my plans kind of solidified now, and things are starting to, to come together. And, yeah, I'm getting excited. Ooh-wee. <laughs> Ooh-wee. That's going to be a fun time. That's going to be a real fun time. We'll give you a little teaser to close it out, too. But this has been the Puro Caballero Show. This is your host, Mario Caballero, once again. Episode 61. It was Thursday the 12th. It is now Monday the 16th. So yeah, enjoy. I hope you all enjoyed the first like twenty minutes of uh, that whole nine eleven conspiracy talk, because uh, now that shit ain't as much relevant, man. But uh, I guess why we gotta be stuck on dates and all that stuff? It's it's relevant as it's ever gonna be, as it ever is gonna be. And yeah, this has been episode sixty one. As always, tune in. We're gonna try to do we'll make this one weekly during the football season. And yeah, where you could always find us is SoundCloud, the home base. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Google Play Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. Tune in radio as well. Um I think that's everything, man. Don't be a fucking clown. Fuck Antonio Brown. I'll leave you with some of that. And we'll give you some uh, Shiba-san and Tim Baresco. Let's cue that up. So, yeah. Till next time. Yee.
It's all I need, by the way. Can't wait for that Sheba song. And then Walkin' Royce. Back to back. And I'm done. (laughs) 